Why buy your mom flowers for Mother's Day when you can buy her an entire flower show? WLVR and PBS 39 are pleased to present a special event at the 2021 Philadelphia Flower Show, Habitat Nature's Masterpiece. This is Nature's Masterpiece Mike McGrath inviting you to join me on June 9th along with the Flower Show's designer, Sam Lemhenny, for a behind-the-scenes tour set in the beautiful landscape of FDR Park in South Philadelphia. You'll have a special opportunity to meet with me and Sam and ask all your gardening questions. We'll have refreshments, and you can go to the butterfly exhibit, and our Mother's Day package special includes a curated gift just for your mom. Tickets are limited. Be sure to secure your spot today. This event is made possible by Lehigh Valley Home and Garden Center. From the very merry month of May studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA, it is time for another stinking good episode of Chemical Free Horticultural Hijinks. You bet your garden. I'm your host, Mike McGrath. Did you try and pamper your growing garlic when things got tough this past winter? On today's show, we'll explain why helping is often the worst thing a gardener can do. Plus, it's another fabulous phone call show, Cats and Kittens. That's right, potential guests are busy apologizing to their asparagus. So we will take that heap of helping of your fabulous phone call questions, comments, tips, tricks, suggestions, and inherently ironic insinuations. So keep your eyes and or ears right here, true believers, because it's all coming up faster than you not killing your garlic right after this. Support for You Bet Your Garden comes from Coast of Maine, creating organically approved gardening soils and plant foods for over 25 years. Part of Coast of Maine's mission is to be the most trusted partner to professionals and homeowners who believe that authentic, natural, and organic garden and lawn products play a critical role in the health of our communities and the living planet we share. Learn more at coastofmaine.com. Welcome to another thrilling episode of You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath. Got a great question of the week for you. We got lots of phone calls, but first, we have a mystery. This package, a seemingly harmless package from Amazon, however, the original label is stuck over with a label with my name and address on it, and if I try to pull my label off, I destroy the one underneath, which is the only clue I have. So um, you, I should have warned you to send the kids out of the room because this is spooky, okay? Um, I think there's no note. There's nothing to explain anything. Maybe somebody thought that Ducky needed a friend, but then we noticed there's a zipper up the back of this chipmunk thing, and there's an on and off switch inside, and there we go. He will randomly make noises and try to walk. The only time he walks successfully is when we got him. Oh, there we go. Don't you hurt Ducky? What the heck is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, we could not plan for this. We better. Oh, my God, this is horrifying. We better get right to your fabulous phone calls at 888 492 94 
44. You took Ducky's mask off. Tim, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Thanks, Mike. Great well, to have a chance to talk with you. Same thing here, Tim. How you doing? Just fine. Everything's good in Salisbury, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Boy, there's a lot of Salisbury's around. I'm familiar with the one in... There sure are. Yeah, Maryland, and I think there's one in Virginia. Come see us in North Carolina sometime. Oh, don't tempt me, man. Don't tempt me. Um, <laughs> I get as far as the far eastern shore, but the outer banks are a little bit too much of a drive for me. Yeah, yeah. So what can we do for Tim um, in the Outer Banks? Mike, my question is regarding weeds in my compost. Mm -hmm. uh, each fall I collect my leaves in a big pile. My mower does a great job of shredding the leaves. And, Good. And that combined with the grass clippings that are collected with the leaves help them decompose really well. Right. After about the third year, I have a big pile of pretty nice dirt that I use in my 12 four by 4 foot raised beds. Mm -hmm. The problem is that we have a lot of hen-bitten chickweed among other weeds in the yard. And the seeds that are in the compost from collecting the leaves and those that are blown in during the couple of years, they're decomposing, spray out in my garden beds and result in a lot of weeds. So my questions are, uh, what can I do to uh, prevent seeds from getting in my compost piles? And secondly, is there anything that would help kill the seeds that are in there when I collect them from coming up and sprouting in my garden beds when I use the dirt? Yes. Yes to all. Um, now, you're using grass clippings. Uh, the lawn, therefore, is not treated? That's correct. Yes, sir. So you have an untreated lawn. Um, and you're only collecting the clippings in the fall, right? Right. Okay. So, yes, mowing over clippings and leaves is a great way uh, to get a combination of carbon and nitrogen, which will give you good quality compost. But again, if your compost is sitting out for three years, let's, let's not assume that the weeds even came in uh, with the raw material. They could be blowing in uh, on, over the years. So here's what I want you to do. We, you sound like already an experienced composter. Um, I think we can move you up to being a hot composter. All, all the girls are going to chase you, man. Okay. It's going to be amazing. Um, oh, yeah. And that will destroy any weed seeds that are coming in. Now, you say you have a pile. It's just an open pile, right? Yes, sir. Uh -huh. Okay. So here's what you're going to do. Um, you're going to go out and buy some welded wire animal fencing. Or you could even use concrete reinforcing wire. But I want you to make a big circle instead of having the pile be open. And I want you to take some more of the material and form it into a tube about the diameter of your thigh. And in the middle of this open circle, nothing's been put in there now, I want you to drive a stake, and then I want you to put that tube on top. Now make sure the top of the tube extends over the top of the outside wire line, if you know what I mean. And then, okay. as you create your compost, as you put in your raw materials, you're filling in the space between the tube and the outside. So you've kind of got a car tire going there. What the tube will do, right. it, it'll bring air down to the center of the pile, and that'll heat it up brilliantly. I would also uh, urge you to mix in 
lots of coffee grounds, spent coffee grounds as you go. That'll add even more nitrogen to the pile. Now, and I also want you to do a batch method. I want you to wait till you have enough raw materials to fill this sucker up and do it all at once. And then you'll see amazing things happen. That quote chimney in the center, you can go out in the morning or two after you make this pile, hold your hands over the chimney and they'll get warm. I put my gloves there in the late fall to warm them up so I can put them on. A hot pile will compost more fully than a cold pile. I mean, you have a fairly sophisticated cold pile. So I think you don't have to do much more um, to make it hot, so to speak. And um, even just enclosing the materials, making sure there is a real combustion area, if you know what I mean, um, making mm -hmm. them tight, uh, that really helps. The chimney will help, and the coffee grounds will put it over the top. And if you wanna have a lot of fun, it's very easy to buy a device called a compost thermometer. You can stick it in your pile, just like a turkey, and it'll show you when it goes up to like 120, 140, maybe maxing out at 160, and then you'll see it um, starting to cool down. So that's, you know, as soon as it all looks like compost and feels like compost, and it's gone through that heating cycle, put it on your beds. Just you know, and then start another round, you know, have your raw materials next to it. And if you've got compost made that is harboring weed seeds, just mix that in uh, with every batch, you know, make that maybe the middle layer and it'll heat that mm -hmm. stuff up too. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Mike, one other question. Once I have compost made and if it's more than I can use at the time, would it be good to cover that compost with black or clear plastic does it would it make any difference uh, i do not choose keep other weed seeds from blowing in there well that's a that's that's a good point but i don't choose to the to do that because compost really needs to breathe um what i do with okay. my extra compost is i have these rolling trash cans that hold a huge mm -hmm. amount of material i just toss the extra compost into those and as you know, if, you're, if you've been gardening for years, you never get to August or September thinking, I wish I had less compost, or I wish I had made right. less compost. There's always a need for it. And again, right. where you are, um, you are theoretically instructed to use twice as much compost on your raised beds as I, uh, because it really burns up in your summer heat down there and needs to be replenished around the end of July. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. All right, man. Well, I have access to a couple of large trash cans. I'll do that. Thank you, Mike. All right. Good luck, sir. Thanks for the help. I really enjoy the show. Oh, thank you so much. Well, they saw it first in Southeast PA, and it's spreading further every day. It's doing our crops and trees a lot of harm. It's an insect species that's not native, reproducing at a very high rate of speed. And, folks, that's cause for some alarm. Once you dig what I have dug, you'll be hit to this invasive bug, and friend, you'll want to help to stop it spread. And when you see that little critter gonna take a swing like a home run hitter and smash that spotted lantern fly dead. Die, 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 
spotted lantern fly. When you see me coming, you'll know your end is nigh. I got a fly swatter, I'm gonna chase her all the way back to Asia. Die, 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 spotted lantern fly. And fall from the eggs on a wall tree trunk and scrape them off into an alcohol dunk and surely that will cause them to expire. When the nymphs hatch from the eggs in spring, wrap your trees with a sticky tape ring, but save the birds by covering with chicken wire. Tree of Heaven is our preferred host, yeah, that's the tree it likes the most. So if you got one in your yard, chop it down. Don't transport firewood, brush, or debris, because they'll hide in there and you'll never see them. Hitch a ride with you to the very next town. Die, 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 spotted lanternfly. When you see me coming, you'll know your end is nigh. I got a flash water, I'm gonna chase you all the way back to Asia. Die, 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 spotted lanternfly. When you see me coming, you'll know your end is nigh. I got a fly swatter, I'm gonna chase ya all the way back to Asia. Die, 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 spotted lantern fly. So die, 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 spotted lantern fly. When you see me coming, you'll know you the know reason why. I got a fly swatter, I'm gonna chase ya all the way back to Asia. Die, 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 spotted lantern fly. So die, 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 spotted lantern fly. Okay, number to call, 888-492-9444. Melanie, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hi, hi, Mike. Hello, Melanie, how you doing? I'm doing really good. I am calling from uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh, of course. Uh, a little bit of heaven, huh? Yeah, it is, except right now it's it's not as springy as I want it to be. But <laughs> Oh, well, we, we have We're it right there. now, but it could always go away. All right. What can we do for yeah. <laughs> uh, what we do for Melanie? Let's see. You're way past. Uh, are, are you considered the Outer Banks, or are you further than that? I am actually um, pretty far south, but on the coast, so okay. um, on the beach, but um, almost near South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Oh gosh, so beautiful there. <laughs> All right. What can we do for Melanie, who is straddling the Carolinas? So I have two really large, mature pecan trees in mm -hmm. my front yard, right. and we were going to get them um, maintained and trimmed and cleaned up because they're, they're pretty um, just limmy, and the limbs are always falling off. We had a couple of hurricanes, and um, you know they're just constantly dropping limbs, and mm -hmm. they need some love. Right. Um, was hoping to do this in February, and it did not happen. And I had just read that, you know, you probably shouldn't do it um, once things start to warm up. And I was just trying to figure out when I should work on these pecans and get an, I guess, an arborist or somebody out here since they weren't able to come in February. Yes, you want to have a certified arborist. And you're correct that, you know, the perfect time for something like this in your location would probably be um, January or February. But... It's not too late. Um, this is a time 
of your season, especially the trees can recover from pruning very rapidly. What you want to avoid is the fall um, because they're trying to go dormant even in a place like yours. And definitely you want to avoid the summertime with the heat of the summer. That's very stressful for the tree. Uh, but I, I would say you're good, um, you're good for the entire month. Um, but get somebody out there sooner than later and make sure they're certified and you should be good to go. They, are they give, the trees giving you good pecans? The trees do put off some pretty good ones, but mm -hmm. the squirrels don't usually let us get to them. Uh, so. Evil squirrels <laughs> again. Um, it's always a battle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, they're, yeah. they're a case. Um, one thing after you're, um, after you're done with your pruning things, as, as we do get into the, into the fall, if you want to try to protect the trees, you can buy a device called a motion-activated sprinkler and set it up into the trees, aimed at the top of the trees or wherever you generally get the best pecans. And whenever those devils with long tails go into the tree, they'll set it off and get soaked. Oh, that's a great idea. I might have to look into that. <laughs> One of the few things that works for squirrels. Okay. Awesome. And I guess, yeah, no, that's great. Do you have any other, I guess, recommendations? I've never trimmed these trees before, and I was just curious, is there anything else that, aside from having an arborist, um, you know, that I should keep in mind? No, but it, uh, it just the opposite. I think your, your timing is good. I think your idea is good. Okay. Yes, the, the arborist will know how to structurally kind of repair them and, um, you know, okay. set them up for the future. And this is the perfect time. All right. Well, thanks for confirming that. I appreciate it. All right. You take care. Good luck to you. Well, it's time for me to take a little break and remind all of yous out there that the fabulous Philadelphia Flower Show will be outdoors this year. Specifically, it will be held in South Philly's historic Roosevelt Park, June 5th through the 13th. But don't go looking for all the details at theflowershow.com just yet because we'll be right back with how not to grow your garlic and more of your fabulous phone calls. I'm Mike McGrath, and you're listening to You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Support for You Bet Your Garden is provided by the Espoma Company, offering a complete selection of natural organic plant foods and potting soils. More information about Espoma and the Espoma Natural Gardening Community can be found at ESPOMA.com. Welcome back to another thrilling episode of You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath, and 
We have a great question of the week coming up for you that even references the pitiful and heartbreaking 1964 Phillies. You won't want to miss it. Um, and you won't because it's going to be preceded, not followed, preceded. That means it comes after, right? Not first, no. Okay. Anyway, um, your phone calls, 888-492-9444. Matt, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hi, Mike. Hey, Matt. How you doing? How are you doing? Oh, I'm just ducky. Where is Matt? Uh, how is Matt? I'm doing pretty well. And where? I am in uh, Milford, Ohio, okay. on the northeast side of Cincinnati. Very good. And what can we do for you? Well, I'm looking at my my raised bed gardens here, and they're falling apart. Mm -hmm. So I've got to I've got to rebuild them. They were made with landscape timbers, and they seem to have run their cycle. Right. But uh, with lumber being so expensive now, I was kind of looking at other options. You know, I've heard on your show before about you know using stone or mm -hmm. cinder blocks or concrete blocks. Um, and then I was just wondering, the soil here is really heavy clay. Right. So it kind of just holds when you dig into it. And I was wondering if I just dug down like two feet, if I could make my own containers, like the size of a raised bed, and fill it with good soil. Um, okay. So let's start out with the landscape timbers. Um, I'm guessing these are old enough to be full of arsenic or creosote. So when you dispose of them, wear heavy gloves and a long sleeve shirt. Make sure you don't come into skin contact with this material. And when you're done, wash up right away and wash very well. Uh, because these, the older the timbers are, the more contaminated um, they could be with some really nasty cancer-causing stuff. Now, um, to- Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, Creosote is one of the few things that uh, scientists acknowledge is a cause of cancer, period. Not associated with or anything like that. It causes cancer. And arsenic is, I don't, I don't know about you, but I fear I get my RDA of arsenic from <laughs> the rest of the world. So I don't need to be adding uh, to it. <laughs> okay, so um, we've got these beds that are- well, How long does a timber last? Oh, uh, you know, the, it depends on how it was treated. The pressure-treated wood does not last nearly as long as the makers used to claim. Um, and it always rots away. So you're going to get rid of these. And then do you have mounds left behind? Will you have mounds of soil? There would be, yeah. I was going to remove that soil. Okay. Uh, and just use it as fill dirt you know, for leveling the yard in other places. I think that's a great uh, idea. So if it's all full of the... Uh, right, oh, Ex okay. exactly right. I um, think that's a great then, idea. Uh, so what I want you to do... And then I bought soil to fill with. Oh, you did? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, did yeah, you... Yeah, I bought... Um, I'm sorry, I bought container... Uh, it's like a... It says it's con organic container soil, with potting soil. Oh, excellent. Very good. Um, How big are these beds, though? Yeah. Matt? These beds look to be about, uh, the beds he had are about three foot by, by maybe eight foot. Oh, okay. That's a good size. Um, how much potting soil did you buy? I bought a lot. <laughs> I bought it. I, uh, 
I bought a, a bunch from my sister's garden last year mm-hmm. that I helped her with, and uh, it was so good. Yeah. And the vegetables loved it so much. I saw it on clearance at Walmart for $2.50 for two cubic feet. Oh, or, man. Two cubic feet. You're flying. Um, and so I I filled my pickup truck. Yep. Okay. Uh, Excellent. With these bags. I, I bought all everything we could fit in there to the extent where they raised the price back up. <laughs> I think they thought there was going to be some kind of a run. That's right. Yeah. It uh, somehow cures COVID. Okay. So um, we're going to get rid of the landscape timbers. We're going to move what could be contaminated soil. And then Ohio, that area of the soil, the basic soil is heavy clay. Yeah. It's, it's real heavy clay. Yeah. Um, so like you could make a pot out of it. Here's, here's, I know uh, a lot of soils in America are much better for making containers than filling them. So what I want you to do is follow your plan. You got all the right ideas so far. And then I, I don't recommend, quote, cinder blocks. You're right. There are no cinders in cinder blocks anymore. But they are the ugliest thing. You can, I mean, it, it makes a toilet sitting out by the road planted with a flower look classy. But I love these pavers because you can assemble them any way you want and disassemble them. They're like Legos for gardeners. Um, There are also many improved types of raised bed kits out there uh, that are not that expensive. Um, Cedar and redwood and black locust. Or there is an old trick in intensive French gardening, where you don't frame the beds. You build them up about a foot uh, on top of your lousy soil, and then you, quote, mound them. You make the shape of a mound, and that's called a French French intensive bed. And what you would have to do is mix your potting soil about 50-50 with good quality compost, um, you know, for nutrition as well. And that would hold firmly. These beds look great. Um, but if you want to frame it, um, it's my understanding because of all the destruction uh, that happened down south that the price of cheap wood has gone up immensely. And one listener even wrote in to tell me he had gone and he bought timbers that were pure cedar for less than they wanted for, uh, you know, pine. So, and, oh, wow. and, and it sounds like you're that kind of a shopper. <laughs> I, uh, I haven't seen that phenomenon. Okay. Well, you'll be looking for it now. So you get rid of the soil, and then what you have left is your native soil. And I would, I would dig it up. I would till it once, you know, because you're going to want your plant roots to be able to get down there. And after you till it, cover that area with a single sheet of cardboard. But really heavy cardboard, like the stuff they send out washing machines in. And then put your mix of compost and potting soil on top of that. And, you know, you can frame or you can not frame. You can try a couple framed with pavers. You can try a couple um, just mounded up in this style. The advantage to the French intensive system, and one of the reasons it has that name, 
is you get something like 25% more growing space because you can have stuff growing on the sides. And that will stabilize the sides as well, but you get more room and you can do more. You can put strawberries there, you can put trailing flowers there. Um, they look really nice. Would there be a benefit to digging a little bit to, to create more space to have a deeper level of the good soils? Always. For the, uh, the deeper uh, roots, Always, like, yeah. Like uh, yeah. tomato plants? Oh, um, well, yeah, tomato plants, uh, you're, you're going to bury those deeply anyway. So, uh, but yes, um, 12 inches is the general accepted minimum. But if you want to go down another six inches and improve that soil, everybody's going to be happy. Right. Okay? That sounds great. All right. Well, good luck to you, I'm sir. I'm going to try that. My dad does that mounding. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, he lives up in Chicago, though, where the soil is, is black and fluffy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll tell the people that from Chicago too. that. Yeah. All right, man. You take care. All right. Thanks. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Chelsea, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hey, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Chelsea. How you doing? Oh man, I'm I am glad to be talking to you. Really thankful for it. I am very happy to be talking to you. Where are you? I am in Redmond, Oregon, right now. Oh, that's so beautiful there. I mean, <laughs> and especially this time of year, it must be magnificent. Oh, it's been amazing, and we really haven't gotten any rain or snow for the last several months. So I'm sure wildfires will be crazy, but. It is nice to have yeah, Chelsea, and daffodils. And yeah, Chelsea, when we're talking about Oregon and it being beautiful, uh, that doesn't correlate with no rain or snow. <laughs> yeah, no, it usually doesn't at all. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you need to be are, doing a rain dance. Uh, all right, what can we do you for? I know. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike, so my brother and I were brainstorming um, what we wanted to do for our new houses that we each bought, um, he bought his in Bend, um, mm-hmm. and the the issue is that his front lawn is really just full of yarrow and crabgrass. So he's been mowing um, at the highest setting the mower can go, leaving all the grass clippings on the lawn, um, watering once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the the crabgrass seems to be receding a little bit, but the yarrow is just nuts. So I know that you've talked a little bit about using cornstarch for crabgrass. No. Um, and really haven't, oh no, not cornstarch, no. the cornmeal. No, but you're getting, no, you're I'm getting warmer. Off. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> if I keep guessing, eventually I'm going to get something right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll be into all things considered. Um, crabgrass is an annual weed, believe it or not. It dies out over winter. But before it dies out, it literally drops hundreds of seeds per plant that um, remain dormant over winter and then sprout in March or April um, of the following year. So chemical companies have long promoted uh, pre-emergent herbicides that uh, deactivate the seed. Um, the organic version of that is corn gluten meal, which was discovered at okay. Iowa State University uh, to be a very effective pre-emergent and also a fabulous uh, food for your lawn. Now, it's uh, probably too late 
for you. It, you know, now that you've seen the emergence of the crabgrass, so to speak, it's too late to inactivate the seeds. Uh, but it sounds like he's doing mm -hmm. the right thing. Otherwise, I'm not. Well, I'm not going to go into the arrow. I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. Um, so as we get to the end of the season, um, he can get a flame weeder, provided, of course, because he's in Oregon, there's somebody there with a hose ready to put out any disasters. <laughs> uh, but if he just waves the flame weeder over the heads of the crabgrass at the end of the season, uh, that'll burn the weed seeds, and there won't be anything to prevent the following okay. spring. And then, I mean, he could also manually cut the plants out. Um, yarrow. Can, yeah, that would take forever. Yarrow, well, which? Is it a big lawn? Uh, just cutting each one out. Oh, oh no, okay. No, it yeah. just seems Well, the thing <laughs> I love about flame weeding is you're standing up the whole time, there's no bending, and the mm -hmm. seeds pop like little munchkin fireworks. It's oh. very exciting. Yeah. Now, Yarrow... Fantastic. I, and what a great way to meet the neighbors. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? Uh, Yarrow <laughs> can mean a number of different plants, one of which is uh, a tremendous beneficial insect attractor and a possible medicinal herb. So I, I would want to do some research on that. Um, I got nothing in the front of my head right now. Uh, but I think it's a very interesting yeah. topic. So I'll tell you a secret. Don't tell anybody else out there. If you send me an <laughs> okay. email referring to this conversation and Yarrow, I think you have a 72% chance of becoming a question of the week where I can research it and not give you some dopey advice off the top of my head. Okay. No, that's great. Cause yeah, it doesn't seem like there's really any sort of resources for yarrow at all. I just, there's nothing out there. Well, you, you have to know. At least that, that I'm finding this reliable. Yeah. One, one of the benefits of listening to me, so to speak, is that I know where to look for this stuff. I've got seven years archived of material from Organic Gardening Magazine. You know, I've got 23, 24 years of doing this show, and I know where the responsible articles are and which ones are irresponsible. So anybody can do the research, yeah. but it's interpreting the research that, that takes the skill. And I think it's a good topic. I'd like to yeah. do it. So email me, and we'll move to phase two. Yeah, absolutely. And, Mike, um, just real quick, I just want to say you do a really good job being very gracious to your callers. I've, I've really enjoyed that about your show, that you can talk to just about anybody, and you do a really good job about engaging with them. And um, I, just, I just think that you're very skilled at that, so I, I appreciate that a lot. Thank you so much. I grew up in Philly you, where you were taught to, quote, speak. Um, if you passed a person, <laughs> no, that's what it was called. Um, if you went into a different neighborhood where people didn't know you or maybe it was slightly dangerous, whenever you passed someone on the street, you said, hello, how are you? And, mm -hmm. um, oh, it's that guy doing there. Oh, don't worry. He's speaking. And it just, yeah. it just comes naturally. It's in your DNA when you're from Philly. But thank you very much. Yeah, I just I think that that is something that is lacking a little bit right now. So I yeah, exactly. It. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, and me, I'm 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 the one who's going to solve these problems for the world by you know, speaking <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, when you do well, speak hey, up, one, just say 
just say hello. Don't say where's your darn mask, you know, and just and move on. Yeah. No need to overcomplicate it. That's yeah. For sure. All right. Well, it's a pleasure to uh, talk to you. No, Send really me that email. That I'm sorry you didn't win more money. Yeah, absolutely. You at your guard. <laughs> All right. You take care now. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay, you too. Bye. Well, it's time for me to take a little break and remind everyone with itchy fingers that May is a great month for growing peas and salad greens, but not so great for rushing out tropical crops like tomatoes and peppers ahead of their time. But don't go checking to see when your last chance of a nighttime chill is predicted, because we'll be right back with the most important thing a gardener can do and more of your important phone calls. I'm Mike McGrath, and you're listening to You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. Support for You Bet Your Garden is provided by the Espoma Company, offering a complete selection of natural organic plant foods and potting soils. More information about Espoma and the Espoma Natural Gardening Community can be found at ESPOMA.com. WLVR and PBS 39 are pleased to present a special event at the Philadelphia Flower Show on Wednesday, June 9th. Join me, Mike McGrath, host of You Bet Your Garden, and flower show designer Sam Lemhenny for a behind-the-scenes tour, followed by refreshments and talks by Sam and I. Tickets are limited. Visit WLVR.org Flower Show today. This event is made possible by Lehigh Valley Home and Garden Center. Welcome back to another thrilling episode of You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath, and we're in the stretch now, cats and kittens. In just a little bit, we'll get to a very interesting question of the week that explains to you why doing nothing is almost always the best thing you can do. Before that, more of your fabulous phone calls at 888-492-9400. 44. Rachel, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hello. Hello, Rachel. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am just ducky. Thanks for asking. And where is Rachel great? I'm in Sheffield Village, Ohio. Sheffield. Ooh, that sounds fancy. Um, where, <laughs> where is it? Um, it's about in between Cleveland and Cedar Point. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Is familiar? Yeah. Yeah, I know Cedar Point. I actually know Cleveland. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, what can we do for uh, Rachel uh, in between Cedar Point and Cleveland? Um, so uh, we 
my husband and I just purchased a new home um, mm-hmm. in October. Congratulations. Just, you know, got all moved in. Thank you. Um, so we had to get the septic system replaced, which uh-huh. involved a lot of heavy equipment driving all over the yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it compressed a lot of the soil, and um, it is like the grass is coming up a lot better than I expected, but there's a lot of really barren um, places, and okay. it's pretty compressed. So I was wondering about some solutions for that. Sure. Also, I'm putting in a, a garden, and I was going to be taking up some of the soil or, or some of the grass there to, right. um, you know, put a walkway down. So I was thinking oh. about maybe moving some of that grass over to that um, barren soil. Um, okay. So how and when was the grass planted? Did the people who replaced your septic system reseed it? Did you? They actually didn't do any reseeding. Um, they were waiting to see how the dirt kind of settled and everything from that. Sure, so right. um, it's just the grass that they drove over that mm-hmm. is coming up that I didn't think that it would come up at all. But we still have about a 10 by 20 spot from where they were driving over the grass that right. isn't coming up at all. Mm-hmm. And then we have all that area where they dug up like the old system and then mm-hmm. put in the new system that's just like mounded Right. And you don't know what kind of grass it is. No, there. Yeah, there's no grass. It was just what was there before. No, no. We didn't see anything. The grass. No, Mm -hmm. the grass that you have coming up now. Oh, yeah. No, no idea. Okay. All right. Uh, So one thing I want to mention, because I'm a city boy who turned into a country boy. And I didn't know from septic systems when we moved to the house. You know, I thought you you flush and it goes into the Delaware. I mean, you know, don't worry about it. Until I found out that if you don't take good care of the septic system, something may be coming back to say hello to you again. So it is important not to grow anything over top of the drain field Mm -hmm. for your new system other than grass. Um, Because Mm -hmm. if you grow something there with uh, adventurous roots, it can get in and break up the drain pipes. It can um, ruin the system. So uh, it it sounds pretty easy here. Um, What I would suggest, you cut out a a foot foot square area of decent grass and take it to a really good garden center. Call ahead and find out when their lawn guy is going to be there and ask them to identify the type of grass. Because it's really important if you're going to overseed, so to speak, to fill in bare spots, you want the grasses to match. Um, So get that done. And then when we get to August, I would have the area core aerated. Uh, Have somebody come out with a machine that pulls little plugs out of the soil. Make sure they know where the septic and the drain field is because they don't want to be over there. Okay. But the rest of it, you want to have this core aeration done to loosen up the soil, make it more um, friendly to the grass. After the core aeration okay. is done, then you rough up the surface that's bare, um, spread the new seed, do not cover it with straw or any other nonsense. Just water it twice a day, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening, And at that time of year, September, a cool season grass, that should be up and running within five, six, seven days. When that happens, slowly back off, no more nighttime watering, and 
increase the time that you water, but decrease the frequency. Uh, for instance, when we get to the real summer, the ideal is one inch of water a week. And that's, that's a lot of water, believe it or not. Uh, but it sounds like you're okay. just, yeah, I don't see any issues here. Okay, that sounds great. Except to remember that the only, the only time you can really successfully plant seed in your region is in August and September, not in the okay. spring. That sounds great. All right. I will give that a try. All right. Well, All right. Good luck, That's Rachel. Thanks for your help. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Bye. Yes, as always happens at this time of day, night, or year, it is time for the question of the week, which we're calling, and we'll figure out why later on. Careful with that garlic, Eugene. Valerie from Waterloo, Ontario, Canada writes, I always plant my garlic on October 15th, and this year the little green sprouts came up in December. The weather stayed warm for a while, but then turned cold, and the little sprouts got covered with snow. Then a warm early spring melted that snow, and the sprouts were looking good. Then it got really cold, between minus 10 and minus 15 Celsius every night. That's in the single digits here in Fahrenheit land. I was getting ready to put blankets over the sprouts, but then I found one of your old articles that assured me I didn't need to. Thank you. Uh, but on the other hand, we have Jean in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, who writes, how will I know when my garlic is ready to dig up if the sprouts died over winter? They were about six inches tall when the forecast said temperatures would drop down into the 20s. I had bagged up a lot of fall leaves and basically just buried the sprouts under a pile of heavy, wet leaves. When the weather warmed up, I removed the leaves and there were no sprouts. It's already April and still no signs of sprouts. I have a feeling I may have snuffed them. P.S. To make things worse, the garlic was a Florida variety. Well, I probably should have called this article a tale of two garlics to make it seem like I am well-read, but I went audio instead. Now, a small contest. The first person to send me an email explaining where the Eugene title came from will receive a shout-out on a future show. Void were prohibited, taxed or restricted, no cash value, must wear a mask when typing. All right, let's begin to this mysterious reference to, quote, Florida garlic, a term I had never heard before. But the all-knowing Google revealed that the 22nd annual South Florida Garlic Festival was held just last weekend. Come on, what's their slogan? Come for the beaches, stay for the cloves? Anyway, it turns out that there are quite a few sites devoted to Florida garlic growing. And as expected, most suggest growing soft neck varieties, aka California garlic or supermarket garlic, which does well with less of a chill over winter. True garlic lovers who appreciate the wonderful colors and superior flavor of hardneck garlic chill their bulbs in the fridge before planting to simulate the winter they don't get, but that garlic loves. So although there is no such thing as, quote, Florida garlic, you apparently can grow garlic in Florida. And now, back to the alleged reason for this so-called article which is to re-emphasize one of the cardinal rules of gardening. Leave it alone. 
Don't pick at it. If you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. If the plants in question are rated hardy in your zone, the only thing they need to be rescued from is your anxiety. Ignore this warning, and like Gene in New Jersey in the 1964 Phillies, you will seize defeat from the jaws of victory. If an ice storm is predicted, do not attempt to defensively prune your trees and shrubs. They have survived countless weird weather events, but cannot defend themselves from anxious humans with pruners, blankets, hundreds of pounds of wet leaves, and too much time on their hands. Instead, sit on those hands. Case in point, a phrase that Rod Serling always denounced perfectly. We have had very little snow for the last several years in my little town, where the women are strong, the men think they're handsome, and all the tomatoes are above average. Then came the biggest no-fun moment of the already fun-free year of 2020. Large amounts of snow were predicted. So much snow, explained the professional weather guessers, that those of us without a garage should plan on spending an entire day trying to find our car. They were correct. I had two plots of garlic in raised beds that were hidden from my sight for two months. I had 20 fine-looking sprouts in one of those raised beds on legs out on our patio and a just-for-fun spruce tree in a different raised bed on legs. After the frosty deluge was over, the spruce tree looked like major sections had been compromised and it would never again attain a decent shape. The garlic in the other raised bed on legs was covered by three feet of snow. And I'm not talking three feet of snow on the patio. I'm talking three feet of snow on top of the garlic. What did I do? Nothing. When the ice and snow melted, it looked like the garlic had been through a war. Again, I did nothing. It now looks fabulous, as does the garlic in the garden proper. The spruce had almost magically regained its full conical shape. During a warm stretch that followed, they all received a light organic feeding as a reward. I had a cheesesteak. The time to apply mulch is right after the ground freezes hard for the first time. Shredded leaves or pine straw, not whole leaves and certainly not a dump truck of death. Never cover plants with blankets for any reason. The wet and frozen blankets would soon crush the poor plants. If cover you must, use a breathable lightweight fabric like sheer curtains or professional row covers, of which the biggest brand name is Remay. But not on your garlic. It don't need to be covered. Well, that sure was some dire warnings designed to protect your plants, now wasn't it? Luckily for you, the question of the week and many more questions of the week about growing great garlic appear in print at the Gardens Alive website. To read them over at your leisure or your leisure, just click the link for the question of the week at our website, which was still, is still, will still, will always forever be youbetyourgarden.org. Don't try this at home, kids. I'm a trained professional. 
Gardens Alive supports the You Bet Your Garden Question of the Week, and you'll always find the latest question of the week at the Gardens Alive website. Yikes, my producer is threatening to grab my garlic. If I don't get out of this studio, we must be out of time. But you can call us anytime at our new phone number, 888-492-9444, or send us your email, your tired, your poor, your wretched refuse teeming towards our garden shore at ybyg at wlvt.org. Please include your location. And no, I don't care if you're in the kitchen or the living room. I want to know if you're in Sweden, New Jersey, Delaware, wherever. You'll find all of this contact information at our website, youbetyourgarden.org, where you'll also find the answers to all of your garden questions. Audio of this show, video of this show, audio and video of all shows, and our internationally renowned podcast. You Bet Your Garden is a half-hour public television show, an hour-long public radio show and podcast, all produced and delivered to you weekly by Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. Our radio show is distributed by PRX, the public radio exchange. You Bet Your Garden was created by Mike McGrath. Mike McGrath was created when an ancient bearded man in an abandoned subway tunnel said, pull my finger, which gave him powers and abilities that no one would want. Our sound engineer is Charlie Sarah. Now we normally call him Cheerful Charlie, but he is out looking to buy a new house and he's already been outbid 16 times before noon today. Our social media director is Amanda Norfleet. Check out her fine work at the You Bet Your Garden Facebook page. Tavia Minnick is our peerless princess of profound production. The always lovely Jonas Bowen is our audio editor and judicious Jake Boyer does the pictures. Our directorial director of direction is the harassed and harried Javier Diaz. Andy Cummins takes our temperature at the door. Zach the Takwitzneski is on parole and in the house, ably assisted by the usual gang of idiots, including Jacob Morris, Jeff Frederick, Carlin Canfield, and many more too expensive to mention. I'm your host, Mike McGrath. I'm sad to report that our beloved CEO and not our executive producer, Tim Fallon, did not land the role of Herman in an upcoming remake of The Monsters. On the bright side, he was asked to return and try out for the role of Grandpa. I'm your host, Mike McGrath, still trying to figure out which side of the family Marilyn came from. And that should keep me out of trouble until I can see you again next week. Support for You Bet Your Garden comes from Coast of Maine, creating organically approved gardening soils and plant foods for over 25 years. 
part of Coast of Maine's mission is to be the most trusted partner to professionals and homeowners who believe that authentic, natural, and organic garden and lawn products play a critical role in the health of our communities and the living planet we share. Learn more at coastofmaine.com.